Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Hello everyone, this is your host, Gary Cacciolillo. Welcome to another episode of Everything Imaginable. Um, before we get started, I want to thank uh, my, all my listeners for listening and also my contributors to the show, who are executive producer Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, Binaural Production Engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to the show, just go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there on how you can contribute. Sorry about that, folks. I'm not speaking well today. Um... <laughs> Anyway, without any further ado, uh, our guest for today is Nari Anastasia, and she has uh, made some really cool, uh, I guess they're activation cards, called the Cosmic Reading Cards, um, and she also has uh, some healing things that she does, and it looked like, I don't know how I found her, but it looked like she's going to be a really interesting guest. Thanks for coming on today. Hi, Gary. So, um... What inspired you to make these cards? Okay, so, um, well, I've got the cosmic reading cards, the Blue Messiah and Star Seeds. And um, many years ago, more than 10 years ago now, I, um, it was my experience in my backyard, actually, that uh, actually changed my life. It was an experience with the blade of grass. Cool. What happened with the grass? I was uh, I was in this place of not really knowing who I was, what my purpose was. Um, you know, it kind of felt like I was in this autopilot state. And I wasn't in a very good place. And I went outside and I sat on the grass. And I just sat there, just looking at the grass, hoping to zone out. But instead of zoning out, the most extraordinary thing happened. I started to zone in and I saw this blade of grass in all its beauty, the light, the way it was reflecting from this blade of grass, the colors. And I really started to feel so, so many questions started to arise within me, such as how is this blade of grass so beautiful? How is it so perfect? And there were so many questions arising within me just by looking at this blade of grass and something absolutely amazing took place in that moment. I just started to break down and cry and I just started to say thank you for the grass, thank you for the trees. And I just started to, it, it was almost like I was seeing my backyard for the very first time. Wow. And as I sat there, sorry, what was that? Oh, I just said, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And as I sat there with complete awe and complete gratitude, first for the grass and then for everything around me, I, um, you know, it was as though I was seeing the universe for the very first time. And it was like I just, in that, in that moment, it was as though I just knew all that I needed to know in that, in that one moment. 
you know, and I feel as though I was so present in that one moment. And as I sat there feeling so grateful and having so much love for all the, you know, all that surrounded me, I started to feel this um, sensation in the third eye region. And at that time, I really didn't know that's where, you know, the, the, my third eye was located. I just felt this tingling sensation. And then I started to see all these colors, these bright colors. And, and I sat there and, you know, part of me was a little curious as to what was going on. But because I was so overwhelmed with so much gratitude and joy, I just allowed this sensation to happen without really stopping and questioning it. And as I did that, I saw this woman, this spirit, walk up to me and she sat on the grass and we proceeded to have a four hour conversation about life. And um, you see, for most of my life, I wanted to know why I was here. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to know what my purpose was. And um, so, yeah, you can imagine what we talked about. The first thing I asked her was, why was I here? What was my purpose? You know, and I pointed at my home and I said, was this it? you know, because I had a very comfortable life. And, and I said, because if this is it, I, I really don't see the point. You know, it just didn't, something was missing. And she looked at me and she smiled. And she said, you've come here to create. And it's going to be through your creations that you will help others on their path. And I sat there at first feeling a little bit doubtful because I you know, so memories took me back to school. And I remember my high school teacher telling me that when it came to art, I would never succeed. Um, I remember a point in my marriage where I tried to get creative and, you know, my ex-husband walked past and said, why are you doing this? You're not very good. So these limiting beliefs, you know, arose within me. But again, I was feeling so much love and gratitude in that moment. I let these beliefs just pass and I continue to listen to her. And uh, so, yes, after that conversation with this, you know, this guide, I started to paint for the very first time. And this happened in 2009. I started to paint in my very first artwork. I called her Free Spirit. And Free Spirit's all about breaking free from limiting beliefs you know, breaking free from the, imprison, the, the, the prison that we create within our own minds, such as we can't do this, you know, we're not good enough. Who do we we are? And I broke out of that prison of the mind and I started to realize that we are free, we are infinite, and there's nothing that we can't do. And I just started to paint um, after that. Um, my sister's would come over and they'd look at my artworks and they knew something took place because before that I could never finish an artwork. Wow. It would turn murky and gray. So it was a huge thing. And it just kept on, you know, one artwork after the other. And yes, that was the beginning of that journey. And I little did I know that it would turn into um, three oracles. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have to say, this is probably, you're probably about the maybe fifth or sixth person that I've talked to 
that has had some type of Kundalini experience in nature. And I also interviewed somebody from Poland, and she was a a painter. And she had experienced a Kundalini awakening very, very similar to yours. Um, So it's not the first time that I've actually heard this. And, And I'm a true believer that there is some type of art and spirituality are the same thing. They're connected. Mm-hmm. Um, after, like, like, did you, like, after, like, when you had this experience, um, did you feel like, like it was like a Kundalini awakening? Did you feel like your chakras were coming? Like, you mentioned, like, the third eye chakra coming up, you know, opening up. But did yes. you feel, like, different energy through your body and um, your perception of reality change and start coming in contact with um, other spirit realms and other dimensions oh absolutely my life completely changed (laughs) i um i mean with my first artwork i could hear my spirit guide sitting right next to me basically inspiring me and and um encouraging me and letting me know what colors i should use i started to have more visions um dreams and to be honest, at first, it was a little bit, um, it was exciting, but there were moments that I would get a little bit afraid because it was something so completely new and so different and no one else was was seeing what I was seeing. And um, when I would see things and, you know, it would uh, be correct. Like, for instance, I remember going to a, a spiritualist church for the first time and I sat there. And I kept on seeing, you know, this vision of a man with, with, with a scar on the side of his head. And I knew this man was somehow connected to a small group of women sitting out the front. And, um, and I was like, look, if this is my imagination, wouldn't I be thinking of someone, you know, coming out of the ocean that was, you know, cute? So this can't be my imagination. So it was a bit of a, in a battle. I was, I was, feeling at that time and after the service I walked up to this group of women and um, I told them the vision that I had still very reluctant very scared just in case and it turned out that this man was the husband of one of the women and he had recently passed and he had surgery and he had scars on the side, side of his head so things like that started to happen more and more and I started to trust my visions and what I was seeing and hearing a lot more because it was validated. Mm. And, um, you know, with these visions, with these experiences came different artworks. So each time I would understand a lesson, I would create something, I would paint something to express that time in my life through the artwork. You know, and I've had many visions to help me with my life. I mean, I was married for a very long time. And I remember coming to a point in my life where I had to make a decision. Do I stay? Do I go? You know, it was a matter of just, you know, either choosing the heart or mind. And so each time I would come to a point in my life where I had to take that leap of faith, something would happen. I would be given a dream or a vision to help me make that choice. So my oracles are full of different experiences that I've gone through myself. 
different lessons I've traversed and understood. So yes, it's been, I mean, I can talk for hours, Gary, about all my different visions because <laughs> <laughs> I have got so many visions to share and, and um, you know, <laughs> so if you'd like to hear any of the visions, I'm happy to share. Yeah. Yeah. Like, t- how long yeah, this- t- t- tell me uh, um, some of the most profound, meaningful visions that you've had. I mean, I've, I've got one about choices. I've got one about the shadow self. I've got one about trust, self-worth, strength. Which one would you like to hear? Go with your intuition. Ooh, let me see. Let the spirits decide. Okay. I'm going to go with trust. Okay. Okay, because a lot of people I find have a lot of challenges with trust. So I'll go with trust. So I myself had a lot of challenges with trust. I found it really hard to truly trust others, Um, you know, trust in relationships completely. You know, there was always some doubt, some concern. And I remember going into a deep meditation and being given this most profound vision. So in this vision, I'm in a canoe. There's an elder sitting in the canoe with me and we're, You know, we're moving down this beautiful river and the day is beautiful. Everything, the water is calm. I'm happy. And I look ahead and I see a waterfall coming up and I start to panic. I start to have fear, you know, of what could possibly happen. Are we going to go over? Are we going to get hurt? Are we going to die? And the elder looked at me and he said, release your fears. And I looked at the elder and I thought, yeah, I trust this man. He, you know, he's, he's a wise master of sorts. Okay. Yep. I trust this guy. And so I released my fears and we went over the waterfall. But when we were going over the waterfall, us along with the canoe, we transformed into water. We became one with the water. And then when we reached the bottom, we flew out as birds to a top of a mountain where we transformed back into human form. Now comes chapter two of the vision. I'm back in the same canoe, but in the canoe is a man. And this man was someone that I cared about deeply. And everything is well with the world. It's a beautiful day and the river is calm. But then I see the same waterfall up ahead and I start to panic and I start to have fear. And then I remember what the elder said. But I looked at this man in the canoe. Then I looked at the waterfall and I thought, this guy's no elder. He's no master. I did not trust him to take me over that waterfall. And so just before the canoe went over, I jumped out of the canoe and I swam to the banks. Then I, you know, I got out of the water and I climbed to the closest tree and I sat on a branch, just sitting there like a wet cat panting. (laughs) And that's when the child monk appeared on the branch next to me. And the child monk said to me, you know, he just, he looked at me and he said, you okay? And I said, look, look, I know, I'm sorry, but I just couldn't go over that waterfall. I just didn't trust him to take me over that waterfall. And the child monk said, you did not trust yourself. And I said, of course I trust myself. I'm loyal, I'm honest, I'm I'm a good person and la-di-da-di-da. I started mouthing up all the different reasons why I trusted myself. 
And the child monk looked at me and he said, you don't understand what it means to trust yourself. And I honestly looked at this child dumbfounded. <laughs> and the child looked at me and he said, to truly trust yourself is understanding that it doesn't matter who's in that canoe with you. It doesn't matter. Trust in yourself is understanding no matter what waterfall you face in life, you will always come out on top. And something inside of me just, it was like a light bulb went off inside of me. And that's when I realized that for many, many years, I truly didn't understand what it truly meant to trust myself. And um, so, yes, that was my vision of trust, which completely, you know, helped me move forward with more trust within myself. Interesting. (laughs) I don't trust myself, but I trust the universe. So I kind of look at it as like, no matter what I do, the universe is going to put me where I'm supposed to be anyway. That's right. Well, we are one with the universe. Exactly. You know, and it's trust in that energy. It's the thinking that always trips me up. (laughs) So I try to avoid it. Oh, yes. The, you know, sometimes it's very easy to get caught up in the mind, you know, and um, that's when we have to come back to our heart, you know, always checking with the heart. You know, is this what I want? Are you happy? Is this the direction? always checking in with the heart and it's so easy to um, get caught up in the mind or even being led by the mind you know I mean most of my life up until that experience I felt as though I was being you know um, led by my mind because my heart was closed you know in life all of us you know most of us Actually, all of us, we're all born with these beautiful, big, open hearts, like flowers. Mm -hmm. But as we journey through life and we experience different heartaches, disappointments, pain, what happens to our heart flower? It starts to slowly close, you know, or another analogy is we build walls up around our hearts Mm -hmm. and we continue to move, you know, go through life being completely guided by our heart, you know, thinking logically, doing what's best. Does this tick all the boxes? You know, not once checking in with the heart because our heart's, you know, surrounded by walls and these walls are made up of different fears because we don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be heartbroken. We don't want to be disappointed. And it's like we believe this wall is our shield, our armor. You know, that was me for most of my life, Gary. And I believe what took place in my backyard, having so much gratitude and love for that single blade of grass, it had, because gratitude has such a high vibrational energy. And when we hold gratitude, it helps raise our vibration. And just by having so much love and gratitude for that blade of grass, it somehow knocked a few bricks off that wall that was surrounding my heart and allowed the sun to shine through and warm up my heart, you know, the heart that I feel was just cold and enclosed for so long. And eventually, over time, through different lessons and experiences, trust and faith, that wall started to come down around my heart. 
you know, when we have walls around our heart, Gary, instead of growing, evolving and moving up, you know, we go around in circles and we wonder why our life feels stagnant or we feel as though we're an autopilot or we wonder why we keep encountering the same energies, you know, that trigger us or challenge us, perhaps same attributes with different relationships Mm -hmm. it's because we're constantly going around in circles but when we take down those walls we're not limited to that we grow and flourish (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i agree um you know i think a lot of people struggle with taking down walls because they're not comfortable with uh vulnerability oh of course Absolutely. And I completely understand that. But that's part of the journey. And it's like you come to a point in your life where you need to decide, you know, what hurts more? Does it hurt more to be in this space feeling like I am slowly getting drained of my my energy, my light, my spark? You know, does it hurt more to stay here or, you know, what's worse to stay here or to move forward? Um you know, and break through that cocoon, you know, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful um, quote, actually, that, uh, that actually sums it up really well. Here we go. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. You know, and when you get to that point where you've just had enough, where you're tired of feeling sick and tired, most often that's when you decide, you know what, it's just not worth it. I need out. And I don't care if if I may possibly get hurt outside of this safe bubble or this safe cocoon. It can't be any worse than being in here, <laughs> which is where I basically was at. I was on a, a retreat once and uh, there was a Buddhist monk there and he was giving a, a talk. And one of the things that he said was that um, you can either allow pain, um, you know, to like harden, make it well harden like the more pain you feel, the more you know hard you get, like around your heart, or you yeah. can let the pain break open your break your heart open so it can feel everything. Yeah. And by doing that, then not only do you get to feel the pain, but you also get to feel all the joy as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, absolutely. Um, Being more, I suppose, transparent and, you know, because the more we resist, the more we resist, the walls get stronger and harder. The more we block out, it just gets stronger. And, you know, what I usually do with my clients is I get them to visualize that wall and I get them to visualize placing their hands on that wall with absolute unconditional love and compassion you know, and, and because that wall, Gary, you know, each brick on that wall represents a part of us that is ultimately afraid. You know, we are afraid. We are afraid of being held. We're afraid of moving forward. We are afraid of the unknown. And so I get them to just send absolute unconditional love to the wall and allow that this wall to slowly melt away. You know, and Yes, I feel a lot of people do have their walls, you know. And um, But you see, when we have walls around our hearts, 
you know, there's, there's a saying that the wisdom that you need is found in your heart, you know, but how can you find that wisdom? How can you connect to that inner truth when there's walls around your heart? And so when people try to find their purpose, they try to access this wisdom and they have these walls around their heart, what happens is like a, like a computer, for instance, you know, the mind, you know, sends this, this, this question or the signal to the heart for answers. But when it gets to the heart, there's this wall there. So it comes up instead of just more questions and, and fog and uncertainty because it can't reach the heart. It can't get there because of the walls. But when we break down those walls and we, we decide to just, you know what, we're going to walk through our fears with absolute unconditional love and compassion, that the mind is able to work with the heart. And when the mind is able to connect with the wisdom of the heart, honestly, there's absolutely nothing that we cannot do. There's absolutely nothing. We are absolutely infinite, creative, magnificent beings of light, you know, and it's a matter of allowing ourselves, allowing the mind to connect completely with the wisdom of the heart. And what is the heart actually? Do you think the heart is just an organ that's beating in our chest? Is the heart just emotions? Or is the heart something that's infinite and connected with the universe and everything? Yeah. Well, you know, of course we've got this body. We've got this body and along with cells that make up this body. But within each of us, within the minds of each of, each of us, there is light within our consciousness. Okay? We've got, you know, the light of consciousness within us. And the more we expand on that light, the more that light grows within each cell of our body. So we are indeed infinite creative beings of light. Now the heart, yes, it's an organ in the body, but that is not, you know, when I talk about the heart, I'm not really talking about the organ, although our body does get affected by energy. So for instance, you know, when we put up walls or it does affect us energetically, you know, ultimately it then goes to affect our physical body. But I'm really talking about our energy body. I do a lot of work with the chakras. I'm not too sure if you're familiar with chakras. Yes, I am. Yes. So I do a lot of work with, you know, the energy body, the chakras. And so when I say heart, I'm really talking about our core, our essence. I'm talking about this, you know, the, I'm, I'm not talking about the, <laughs> the physical heart. You know, I'm talking about so much more. I'm talking about our heart flower, our heart chakra. I'm talking, you know, because each space, you know, although, you know, represents different facets or different aspects of our consciousness, it ultimately is all connected. It's all one. It's all part of the oneness. And, you know, we as energy beings, again, we're all connected to that one source of life. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it looks like one of the other things that you have here is a deck for star seeds. Can yes. you tell me a little bit about that one? Well, uh, the two big decks I've got are the Oracle decks, which is the Cosmic Reading Cards and the Blue Messiah Reading Cards. 
So the blue Messiah came after the cosmic ones. But the star seeds, it's not so much a big oracle deck. It's just a little, it's a little box. And, um, you know, and, you know, one can pick a card a day for inspiration. You know, they're just little inspiration, um, inspirational cards to remind souls of their light, to remind them that there's so much more than their story, you know, and a lot of people get stuck in their stories. They get stuck in their everyday uh, lifestyle, but sometimes we need those reminders. Hey, we are these amazing creative beings of light and we have come here to create, you know, it's time to, to nurture that light. Remember your light, grow that light because that's what it's all about. It's not about getting stuck in the stories, you know, it's about learning from the different lessons on our journey, but ultimately it's about expanding and growing our light body. So those star seeds are little reminders to that creative light of love that which we are. Cool. Um, before you had this experience with that blade of grass, yeah. Um, what was your life like before that? Like, like you, you mentioned, like it was kind of depressing and, and you were again this sort of like bummed out type of marriage. Um, like, what was that like for you? And do you think it just became so painful that you were forced almost into having this uh, experience? Otherwise, you wouldn't have been able to carry on. Well, to be honest, Gary, it was actually a good life. I can't complain. Uh, to the outside world, my life probably would have looked perfect. I, I was married to beautiful children, um, amazing husband, very smart, great job, sports car. You know, we did the barbecues and um, life was very comfortable. It wasn't so much as it was painful or I was without anything. It was very comfortable that I became very comfortable and complacent. <laughs> but sometimes you can be in a situation that's happy. Well, it seems to be happy to the mind because like I said, for a very long time, I was guided by my mind. And so to my mind, this marriage was, uh, was very good you know it ticked all the boxes but my heart for some reason was not happy it felt as though something was missing and this emptiness just grew and it just continuously grew over the many years and it was almost like I came to a point where I felt like I was having this inner battle between mind and heart you know, my heart would be saying, look, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm here for more. I feel like I'm here to do more, not just play mum or, or, you know, housewife or, you know, do all the cooking. I just felt like I was here for more and something inside of me kept on tugging me and tugging me. But my mind kept on saying, no, you already have it all. Don't be selfish. You know, you've got a beautiful home. You've Everything is great and perfect. But it got to a point where my chest actually started to feel sore. I started to feel heavy in my chest and I couldn't understand why. Why was this happening if my mind 
you know, was telling me that everything was great. But physically, it started to affect me. And I, um, I started to feel down within myself because I started to feel very conflicted and confused. And a big part of me knew I was here to be of service in some way. Like after the experience um, with the blade of grass, I, you know, I was still married, but I, that feeling within me that I was here for more started to grow. And I remember standing next to a, a wall, just in tears, crying, saying, great spirit, I'm very conflicted right now. My heart is telling me that I'm here to do more. I'm here to be of service. But my mind is telling me that I'm in this relationship and it's secure and it's comfortable. And I'd be very silly to leave something where there's no real issues. And I sat, I stood there just crying. And I said, what do I do? And I heard a voice and spirit said to me, if you follow your heart in all you do with the intention to serve, you will always be looked after. You will always be supported, you know? And um, not long after that, I had another vision, <laughs> which helped me um, ultimately pick the heart over the mind. And, what was this um, vision? Oh, I was on my computer. I was busy typing away and my third eye started to buzz. And by that stage, I realized every time it started to buzz, it was as, you know, it was like a spiritual phone call. <laughs> so I turned my computer off. I sat, you know, got into a meditative position and I started to meditate and tune in to the energy that was around me. And I happened to be visited by an elder, um, an older man, an Indian man. And he came to me and he said, I would like to share my story with you. And I said, okay, please do. And then he showed me his life in India and he was married and he had his children, but him and his wife had grown to be completely different people. You know, they were so different. She liked to sit amongst her friends and gossip about what was going on in the neighborhood. And he would go on his walks and connect with nature you know, so they were very different. And he came to crossroads in his life where he had to make the decision of whether he was going to stay in his marriage or leave. And after much, you know, contemplation, he decided to stay in that marriage because after all, they had children and what will all, you know, the neighbors think, his family think, you know, it's, it would be a big shame for him to leave that marriage. And so he chose to stay. And then he showed me, he fast forwarded his life and he fast forwarded to a time where he was older and his wife had passed away and in, they were doing a ceremony where they were burning the body of the dead. And he was there with his kids who were now older. And then after the ceremony was finished, the kids drove their father home and they left him because now the kids have their own lives. They're married with their own kids. And this older man, walked into his empty house and he just started to cry. And I looked at him, I said, look, I'm really sorry for your loss. And he said, he looked at me and he said, I'm not crying because my wife has passed away. I am crying because I feel as though I've only lived half a life. And now it's too late. I am too old. 
And he said, don't make the same mistake. Follow your heart. Allow it to be nourished in situations and environments that will nourish it to grow. Learn from my life. And that vision, Gary, really inspired me and it gave me the courage to do what I had to do. And I peacefully left a marriage. You know, we, we, it was done beautifully and peacefully. And um, after that, I opportunities and the growth of my soul, it was just, it was incredible. You know, and you don't think that would happen. But when we make choices out of love rather than fear, we grow so much faster. We are nurtured so much more. It's actually quite incredible. But yes, that vision was huge in helping me to move on with my life. Wow. So, so what, I get a little what, excited, sorry, yeah, when I talk. No, no, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kind of thinking, like, like, was it hard for you to make that decision even or, or to trust that vision? Or did you just have oh. complete faith in it? Oh, absolutely. You know, there are many mountains we traverse within us, Gary, and at each mountain within us, we are required to take that leap of faith. You know, jumping without security nets, without the, the safety of nets, no backup plan, but literally jumping from that mountain. And at each pinnacle, at each point, you know, it's about trusting and having faith in, you know, in source, in the universe, trusting that we will be supported, that everything will be all right, you know? And when we can do that, like I left that marriage with absolute unconditional love, you know, if we're going to leave something and we have bitterness or we still hold very much toxic energy to the person we're with, then that might be a little bit of a different situation unless we understand the lessons, um, you know, what are the lessons? Is it, a, is it lessons of self-worth? Is it lesson of patience? If we can understand the lessons and then leave that, you know, situation, then we won't attract it. But if we leave a situation not fully understanding our lessons, it is likely we will encounter the same energy in a different, you know, um, person, situation to help us bring to balance that energy within us that needs um, light and love and understanding because ultimately we are like magnets. Um, but yes, I left that marriage with absolute love and compassion. Um, and it was, you know, it was time, you know, it was time. It was time for us to both grow and it was time for both of us to fly higher. So sometimes we've just got to do what we got to do for the growth of our soul. Cause you know, ultimately we're not here to play nest. We're here yeah. to grow. Incredible. So how, <laughs> how, how, how do you teach this, though, to other people? Like, well, like get, not everybody's going to have an awakening like you yeah. had. Um, so how do you help other people come to some of the realizations or help them come to their own realizations Yeah, yeah. and well, find the places where they need to change? Yeah, well, you know, with um, a lot of people I meet, a lot of different clients, one of the first things that I like to ask my clients is, and this is a big one, and I ask them to be completely honest with me, is how much out of 10 do they love themselves? 
Oh, I'm at, How a, am I- I'm at an 11. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, but you'd be surprised that I get a lot of people telling me that they love themselves under five. And you, I get mostly fours, threes, um, you know, and I, and that's usually where I like to start from because if you think about it, Gary, the level in which we love ourselves, you know, that's the, you know, depending on how much we love ourselves out of 10, that's the kind of life we will have. You know, that level of love gets reflected back to us in terms of opportunities, partnerships, work, relationships, you name it. So the more we love ourselves, the more we fill our tanks with love, the better, you know, our things will flow for us. We will attract that level of love. We will attract opportunities, you know, and it's just a matter of loving ourselves. It all starts from there. And when we can love ourselves, you know, that love, that love starts to flow through our whole body. It brings healing, you know, balance. And so it's so, so very important. So I usually start there. And with love comes strength. With love comes courage, you know. And even if it's attracting relationships, you know, it's that level of love, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a beautiful um, quote, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it's from, but it's, when our flowers bloom, bees come uninvited. You know, so when our flowers are blooming, that's when opportunities come. That's when relationship comes. You know, we don't need to go out there searching for it, do anything to try and acquire it. We just got to tune into it by opening ourselves up to that frequency, whether it's opening ourselves up to the frequency of love, um, tuning in to that uh, frequency of abundance. You know, it's just a matter of tuning in and opening ourselves up to that which we would like more of in our life. So we don't really have to analyze the parts of ourselves that we hate. We just raise our vibration and we're good. Mm, not necessarily. So, okay. So that we're talking now about the shadow, you know, so we all have shadow sides and, you know, the way I like to see the shadows is it's not something we want to, because, you know, I did a painting and in the, you know, the message of the artwork was even darkness serves its purpose in the growth of the soul. So darkness does serve its purpose. And instead of maybe resenting or, you know, or hating that part of us that we don't like, it's just a matter of understanding, hey, where's this energy coming from? How did it even, you know, get there? Where's it stemming from? What experience in my life did I, you know, go through for me to feel this energy and literally send that part of you absolute unconditional love and compassion. It's not a matter of just hating it, ignoring it, raising your vibration. It's understanding the lesson, sending unconditional love and compassion to that part in you that is ultimately afraid, you know? And when we can do that, we bring light to that darker shade within us. That is all. Hmm. How about, how about like, um, overcoming i don't know fear and uncertainty like i know myself personally you know like i mentioned i'm, I'm like at 11 with loving myself <laughs> it's, yeah that's great well but it's because i've taken so many 
insane risks in my life and I've always come out on the other side that I don't even question it anymore. Yeah. It, it had nothing really to do with me with um, anything other than than living life and, 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 and taking chances and hoping for the best or kind of yeah. like looking at it more as a an experiment <laughs> rather than <laughs> that, rather than something important. Yeah. Well, you're one of the, you know, um, it's great that you can go through life being so fearless, Gary, um, you know, and, and you're able to take those risks, you know, um, which is really great. Actually, it's fantastic. Well, it's not that I'm, I'm fearless. Um, yeah. I want I don't know what the word for is. It, it's, um, I don't know. My curiosity overrides my fear. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really good. You know, um, but unfortunately, you know, I don't think um, with a lot of people, they're curious, but they're also afraid. <laughs> it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, you're curious. But, you know, that fear most often with a lot of different people that I've encountered, that fear stops them. It stops them and, you know, it stops them from just taking that next step. It stops them from jumping because it's just too risky. A lot of people want that safety net. They, their mind wants a step-by-step -step guide on what's going to happen going forward. You know, it's almost like they want that book, a handbook of certainty, security. Is it safe? Is it going to work? Is everything going to work out okay, you know? Yeah. Before they take that risk, you know? But um, it's great that your curiosity often overrides any possible fears that may arise. So that's really, um, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I've done a lot of interviews and people talk about, like, before we enter this world, we yeah. agree to certain things. We agree yeah. to be thrown into this bizarre world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. I completely um, agree with that. And, and sorry, just going back with what you said before about curiosity. I feel a lot of that curiosity is part of that, um, the inner child, you know, and that inner child innocence of being curious and wanting to explore and wanting to play. You know, and uh, I think it's fantastic. So, if, you know, you're someone who's very curious. It's that inner child who, who's who's up for the adventure, you know, so. Well, what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's really nothing else to do except that. Yeah. And, you know, you'll find with, well, I found with a lot of my different clients, often the inner child is, uh, you know, somehow, somehow, you know, suppressed, repressed inside of them. The inner child doesn't get that freedom to explore, to play, to be free, to dance. You know, often that child is locked away and, you know, the child has to behave, you know. So I do work with my clients to help them, you know, to talk to the inner child and, you know, give permission to their child. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to go out there and play and dance and be free, 
you know, because a lot of times people keep that child in this place and that's this child is not nurtured. You know, this child is not nurtured within them. They give to everyone else, but they forget that inner child also needs that love and nurturance. And that inner child once is curious and wants to play and wants to have fun. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about the inner child thing. Like, I was a really bad kid. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I was just, I, I just did what I wanted to do. And, 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 and if so, like my parents told me not to do it, then in my mind, I was like, well, that has to be fun. <laughs> I have to find out why they don't want me to do this. Oh, wow. Got a little rebel child. <laughs> not, not more, than, more than a little. I mean, it was like that with everything. Yeah. Like, to the point where my parents just like, they kind of gave up. Like, where's he gonna, where's he gonna let this one go <laughs> over the best? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. But there, there, there's a connection there. You know, I, I, I think, um, you know, some people stay between the lines and, and spend their whole lives there. And others don't. Others go all over the place like I did. Or like you have. You know, you stay yeah. between the lines and then you said, you know what? Wait a minute. I can go wherever I want. Yeah. And I'm yeah. gonna go I'm gonna go check this other stuff out. And you did. <laughs> and and it sounds like though that, that there was some kind of help involved. Something yeah. pushed you, something from outside of yourself pushed you to go outside those lines. Do you ever wonder what that was that pushed you? Well, every, you know what, um, Gary, all of us, not just me, but all of us, I do believe that within us all, there's this drive to grow. There's this drive to evolve, you know, um, it's there, this, this hunger, this need to evolve is within us all. And it's just a matter of um, how connected uh, we are to this inner hunger to grow. Like I, for me, that's the most important thing. And I have felt this ever since, you know, I was young, I was a teenager, this, this need to to know who I was, this need. I remember asking my textiles teacher, Miss, because I, you know, I wasn't very good at sewing, and um, <laughs> everyone was making gowns and wedding dresses and formal dresses, and I chose the most simple thing. It was, you know, it was a toss-up between a pillowcase and a sarong, you know. So it was just, just the four quarters. <laughs> I was, and I remember sitting there feeling really kind of like, oh gosh and I, I asked my teacher I said miss what is my purpose why am I here and she said mm. you know so that hunger was has been there for a very long time and I honestly believe we all have that within us but it often stays quite deep inside of us because we get lost in our everyday life, our, our stories you know working pain bills looking after children um, that 
takes over, you know, everyone's lives. They get consumed by the story. And so that hunger and, and desire to evolve and grow is, you know, is suppressed or pushed aside so they could do everything else. They could do life, you know, um, but that hunger never left me, you know. Yeah. It didn't stop. It was always there. And to be honest, whenever I would encounter souls that were living with passion and on purpose, a part of me would used to get envious. That's all I wanted. I didn't care about money. I didn't care about success. I just wanted to live my life with passion and purpose. So, yeah. <laughs> when you went through this transformation, did any of the people in your family or friends just think you were going insane? Oh, absolutely. I was brought up in a very religious background, Gary. <laughs> I was brought up in a strong religious, um, you know, church. We did Sunday school, youth group, um, you know, home group, church camps. And honestly, at one stage in, in my teenage years, I thought I was going to go to Bible school. So everything that happened in my life, yeah, put it this way. I believe my mom thinks I'm still going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> And that I worship the devil because I love trees. And um, so whenever topics like this come up uh, with certain members of my family, I just laugh it off, you know, because we're all at different um, stages and everyone, you know, has their beliefs and that's fine. And all we can do is love everybody because, you know, everyone is our brothers and sisters. We're all connected with love and like I tell my friends, my, you know, my clients, the way I see us as humanity is I see us all as flowers on a tree. And each flower is at a different stage. Some are just buds. Some have one or two petals open. Some have more petals open and some are fully blooming. And the ones that have more petals open the light is able to shine in on that flower, the light of awareness and consciousness, you know? And so each soul we encounter is at a different um, stage of the evolution and we just must love them for where they're at because ultimately we're all flowers on the same universal tree. Those are... Uh... Any of your workshops or um, like your oracle cards help people go from being that bud to being an open flower? Well, I get a lot of um, messages and emails saying how it has completely helped them with their lives, transform, and they carry, you know, um, the book itself, not even the cards, but the book with them in their handbag. So, yes, I do get a lot of wonderful, encouraging and inspiring messages. And it really, it's really lovely because, you know, it's, we're connecting with different souls around the world and, you know, it's it's really nice having that feedback as well. You know, it just encourages encourages me to keep going. You know, I'm working on another oracle at the moment. I'm also working on a, a course that I'd like to um, I'm putting together, so I can reach more souls rather than small groups or one on one. 
I want to reach a lot more people and help them remember who they are, remember the amazing creative being of light that they are. You know, uh, for a long time, I also hold art workshops for the soul because I feel being creative is a wonderful way to really connect to source because ultimately we are creative beings of light. And a lot of people would come to these workshops not having painted before. And it's quite a beautiful journey, Gary, because they'd come in feeling very self-conscious, feeling like they're not worthy, they can't do this. So all the beliefs, the limiting beliefs they hold are shown, you know, while they're sitting there getting ready to paint, they're nervous and, and, and you know, the fears start to arise. But the moment they start to let go and just paint and allow their inner child to just have fun. And I tell them, guys, this is not about mental perfection. It's about soul expression. Just have fun. They, you should see their artworks, Gary. It is amazing. They, some of them have turned into art teachers themselves, you know, and they are now encouraging others to do the same thing. But it's just about tapping into that creative light you know, it's, yeah, it's very um, rewarding. You feel, you feel inspired because there's this beautiful exchange of light that you get, you know, and it's just a balance of energy and it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> so, so where do you think we come from? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So where do I think we come from? Okay. So ultimately I believe that we are all part, okay? We're all part of the oneness, this oneness um, of light. And I believe we're all facets of this one energy. So sparks of creative light, you know, I, I call a lot of us, we're all creative sparks. You know, we're all sparks of this one great source of light. So I do believe we come from this one great source of light. We're just different, um, again, sparks, unique with unique you know attributes and quirkiness but we're all part of this one source of light this universal source of light this is where i believe we come from so you believe it's a, a singularity oneness yes it all comes back to oneness um yes so i always wonder one. if is it a singularity or is it a loop or is there like a whole bunch of singularities <laughs> all over the place? Well, I do believe in densities and dimensions. And, um, you know, and there's so much overlaying. And, and they, honestly, if you really think about it, it, it can really, you can stay up at night just thinking about it. <laughs> you know, it it's like layers upon layers night. upon layers, you know, different densities you know, for one octave of, you know, of um, consciousness. Like there's just so much that's going on. Like there's so much. But I do believe in different octaves of consciousness. I do believe in different densities and I do believe in different dimensions. And I mean, I've had different dreams about that. I've had, um, I've had visions about other worlds, you know, but I do believe it's more of a, you know, I do believe in density. So it's like when I say densities, it it's like I 
depending on where we're at in terms of our light, our level of light. So the more we increase, you know, in terms of our level of light, we are then able to move into the next density, you know, of reality, the next density of being able to, uh, you know, of, of life, depending on our level of light. Oh gosh, I can go on and on about it. Is that like the process of extension? Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So there's different densities, you know, and densities are very much like grades in school, you know, it's like different levels and depending, again, depending on our level of light is where we will move into in terms of density. And then, you know, that density will be in a dimension reflective of that level of understanding in that density. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, how do you, um, like, like I've done, like, you know, other interviews where, um, certain people will, um, say that they communicate with entities like Pleiadians, Arcturians, yeah. uh, what are some of the other ones? Syrians. Syrians, Arcturians. Have you connected with any of these beings? Yes, I have, but I'm someone who, who, um, who doesn't like to get caught up in labels, right. whether it being here or even, you know, something extraterrestrial. For me personally, sometimes I feel like people can get stuck in different labels, you know, and I do my best, you know, um, of course, sometimes it happens, but I do my best to try not get caught up in that. And so I, I have, though, I have encountered different extra, extraterrestrial beings, but I kind of just call them, I, I refer to them as my star family. And I don't see them as separate from each other. Yes, they're all different little, you know, attributes and different, but I just call them all as my star family. And I greet them all as my star family because that's who they are to me. They're my star family. They're my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> How about guardian angels? Oh, well, you know, again, people will say guardian angels. I just call them my best friends. They're my star family. But yes, of course, guardian angels. <laughs> so you kind of just lump them all together. I do. I do. Because uh, again, you know, to separate them, it's, it's separation, it's surrogation. It's, you know, aren't we all one? It's like, you know, doing that here. Aren't we all one? Why do we need to separate it by race or color? Or We're all one, you know? And I think it's important that we stay with that rather than getting caught up so much in the separation of labels and because of the different characteristics or color or <laughs> height. Do you think that's that just there's, me. Do you think that there's any outside negative energies that prevent people from raising their vibration or experiencing things that, that kind of keeps people shut down? Oh, yes, yes. There is that energy and the reptilians, there's good reptilians and there's probably the lower vibrational reptilians. And yes, there is that sort of energy out there. I have seen it. Um, there was one chapter in my life I kind of got a little consumed by that energy and because I was seeing it a lot. And um, But then I realized that I just need to change my focus. And I just started to focus on... Um, what I, you know, what I just started to raise my vibration. And I found by raising my vibration, I started to, to get in more in tune with the higher frequencies rather than 
getting lost in some of the lower ones. But yes, they are out there. And I find that um, a lot of these outside influences, um, they are able to to sneak in and even puppeteer um, some beings through the lower chakras, the lower portals. So it's really important that we stay balanced and um, because sometimes we attract these, you know, that energy to our space. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I try not to dwell on things like that instead of dwelling on those um, scenarios, I just focus on keeping myself balanced and um, my vibration high as to not attract or keep any doors open within me, you know, to attract that sort of energy, Gary. Do you use uh, chakra meditation to raise your energy? Um, You know, one of the fastest, easiest way to raise your vibrational light um, and I mentioned this before is actually gratitude. Right. So if you are someone that want, you know, it, if someone out there wishes to raise their light, focus on gratitude, start there, just start being grateful for everything that you have in your life, you know, and just keep ampl- amplifying that gratitude and don't stop there. As soon as you feel like you're just so full of love and gratitude, I want you to raise it even higher and then higher and then higher until you feel like this energy of love and gratitude is just coming out of you. It's just spilling out from you. And when you can do that, you'll find that your vibration will be lifted so high that your ability to connect to, you know, to higher realms and and higher consciousness can be easily achieved because of your level of light and vibration. Self-love, again, self-love helps raise your vibrational light. Um, And in terms of helping your chakras, self-love, gratitude, and of course, doing all the things, you know, to help our body, grounding, (laughs) huge lesson for me, but grounding um, our energies, you know, accepting even the shadows within us with love and compassion, you know, this is the course that I'm currently working on. It's going to be focused around the chakras to help each chakra, to help, you know, balance each chakra. Because, yes, I feel like it's very important. Um, uh, well, you, you mentioned that you're working on another oracle deck. What is it? Like, what's it going to be about? Uh, this one is... Um, so the first one's cosmic, the next one's blue messiah, and the blue messiah is all about the blue energy, that blue flame energy. And then the next deck I'm working on is has a lot to do with the mind, stillness, breath. You know, it's to do with the ascending soul and a lot of things that a lot of us are facing and going through at present because a lot of us are facing, you know, different fears and things to help push us you know, um, and balance what needs to be balanced to raise our vibrational light. And it's coming back to that stillness. It's coming back to breath. It's coming back to presence, presence. Um, so yes, <laughs> returning back to innocence. And when we return back to innocence, we are ultimately returning back 
to oneness, to the one mind of source, to the one mind of God. So, you may, what, what, how do you feel about using altered states of consciousness to raise vibration? Whether it's through simple techniques of meditation or even like the use of uh, certain drugs. Okay. Look, I've personally never, um, you know, besides, you know, your, your experimentation in your younger years with weed, but I've never really ex done, um, tried any of those drugs for my, um, my experiences, Gary, but mm -hmm. I have heard from others, they've had amazing experiences and they were able to see things and connect. And I mean, I have had an experience, but it was through, a, you know, a vision a whilst I was in a very deep meditation because ultimately I think everything is energy, Gary. And even when it comes to like um, substances, who's to say we can't connect to the energy of that plant through a meditation? like which is what's happened to me in a vision where I faced my shadow and I didn't even know because later on I found out that in this vision I had taken, I believe, to be ayahuasca. You know, um, this is the vision of the shadow mm -hmm. <laughs> of many different experiences. But, um, yeah, who's to say we can't connect to that plant through energy, you know, a lot of us rely solely on being able to take something physically or doing something physically, but we are able to really connect energetically if we wanted to something to give us that same experience. So for me personally, I've only had energetic experiences with, right. um, with you know, a plant that can do that. And it was an amazing experience. Hmm. I actually have somebody coming on in a couple of weeks that we're going to dive into that topic of becoming just one with the plant without consuming it. Yeah. We're trying to, wow. trying to connect with like that plant consciousness. Yep. Exactly. Cause I'm kind of, I kind of think that there's more to plants than just they sit there and grow. <laughs> Absolutely. Gary, I, I was, you know, I used to do Tai Chi uh, many years ago and we had to wake up early and be in the park. And this, I had this one amazing experience where I was doing Tai Chi and it was very early in the morning and the sun was out, but it started to spit like very, very gentle light rain. And I was in this moment and I was feeling so happy and grateful and I was feeling very present. And I looked at the grass and I heard it sing. I could hear it sing. And I, the grass was so happy. I could hear it. It was a very high-pitched uh, frequency. And then I heard the, the trees laughing at the grass. And I was like, I must be going crazy. I am listening to the grassing. I'm I, and I have fun because they're so excited about this light rain. Now I can hear the trees laughing at the grass. And I turned around to a fellow, you know, Tai Chi student. And I said, "Are you seeing what I'm seeing right now?" Because <laughs> they said, "Nope." You know, and and then I had another experience where I was tending to my garden. And um, I had recently purchased an, you know, an organic um, 
garlic spray to help ward off, you know, different bugs from my fruit. And as I was spraying my tomato tree, I kept on hearing the tomato plant say, ouch, ouch, ouch. I said, oh my goodness, I must be losing the plot. You know, and this was all happening in my mind. And I was like, I'm going crazy here. If, If someone heard, you know, knew that I could hear plants, they'd think I was nuts. And I was spraying the plants and I kept on hearing it saying, ouch, ouch. And I heard the spinach plant say, no, trust her. She's doing this for your own good. Anyway, the next day I go to check on my plants because my my tomato plant was thriving, which is why I wanted to spray it so it could continuously thrive. And I went to check on my plants the next day. And guess what, Gary? The leaves had all turned yellow overnight. It had died because of that spray. Mm. And I stood there feeling so horrible. And it made me realize that I was indeed hearing the tomato plant saying, ouch. (laughs) It did not. Yes, it did not agree with that spray. And, you know, after that, I started to really, you know, have more, (laughs) you know, if I heard something, if the plant said no, you know, I learned to listen. I didn't disregard it. But it also opened me up to the idea and the possibility that plants do communicate to us. They're always communicating to us. You know, and it's just a matter of us tuning in again to the frequency of the plants. Hmm. How about animals? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's I love animals. I've always been surrounded by animals, dogs, cats, rabbits, chickens. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I find for me personally, I connect more with trees. I, I don't know why, but it's always been trees for me. And, you know, for instance, with my daughter, she connects so well. And my, my very good friend, she connects so well with animals. They're like animal whisperers, mm-hmm. you know. And, and um, but for me, it's always been trees. But absolutely, animals are very much aware, very much aware. And they teach us to love. <laughs> Is it bad to kill weeds? (laughs) Well, I can tell you with all my experiences with glass, I felt very bad killing weeds and I did not kill weeds. And of course it's good. It's a, you know, giving them a haircut by mowing the the grass is okay. It's like, you know, it's just renewing them. And, but uh, I cannot go out there and kill them. No. (laughs) Okay, so my wife can't listen to this episode <laughs> because I use that as an excuse not to cut the grass. I say I can't hurt the grass. I uh, yeah, I just they're alive, they're alive, and they're singing and they're happy, and it's like, oh man, I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm not gonna you do uh, like she thinks it's like I'm I'm afraid of messing up my karma, so I just don't <laughs> so I don't just mow, so I don't mow the yard. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can't do it personally. Um, I've been with people that have done it and they just get annoyed with me because I just, I refuse to be a part of it or, um, but no, I, I can't, I just can't do it. Mm. I mean, I mean, you know, grass played a huge um, role in my awakening experience, right. Gary. 
Right, so you can't go around mowing it. Well, mowing it, I see mowing as giving it, you know, we have haircuts. So think of your hair, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have haircuts. So when we give grass haircut, they don't mind it. It's just a haircut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I went 15 years without a haircut too, so. Use <laughs> <laughs> the similar excuse. <laughs> it helps them grow, okay? It helps them grow thicker. You know, it helps the water reach them. It, um, it's okay to have a mow. Like, like my whole, my, my, like, it, it, if grass was meant to be mowed, then it would only grow to a certain length and stop. And the same thing with hair. Yeah. You know, like, like my, if, if my hair was meant to be short, would it hit a certain length, then I would shed. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense, right? Yeah, well, look, I can't personally do it. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not going to, you know, criticize or judge anyone that's going to go and kill their grass. It's everyone's on their own journey. And because of my experiences, I can't personally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And after what happened with the tomato plant, my gosh, no, I can't even spray anything on there. <laughs> I mean, I catch my do, do, flies. Do you ever feel guilty for eating a carrot? No, or no, celery? because no, because see, that's different. You know, everything has a purpose, uh-huh. and fruits and vegetables. Their purpose is to nourish us and and help us grow. And you know, they they pu- they grow. Their purpose is to um, is for you know to to nourish us really. That's part of their purpose. So, okay so to, is it okay to burn sage? <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> well, I do burn sage, you know, but it's all dried, right? The leaves are all dried, you know, and bundled together. And sage also has its purpose, you know? Yeah, I burn sage a lot too. Yeah, I mean, but I do catch my flies. I can't kill flies. So my, my family and my friends, they'll come over, and if there's a fly in the house, they'll laugh at me because I'm trying to catch it so I can release it. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, I, I understand because my wife will be like that. She'll like, kill that, kill that spider. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'd rather the spider be caught and then released outside across the road far away from the home, you know? <laughs> no, I like them in the house. He's a guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but what if that, that spider ends up in your bed? And what if it ends up crawling in your ears? Yeah, look, love yeah. the spider, but release it across the road from the house. Right, but <laughs> it, it, it could crawl on my ear <laughs> and activate a part of my... Uh, pineal gland that I didn't know I had and all of a sudden I could wake up with intense psychic abilities oh my goodness no 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 no. you know what the best thing for the pineal gland is just going out there and getting some sun you know putting your palms out in the sun and allowing the rays of the sun to enter through the portals of the palms it's the best thing we can do for our pineal gland because or, most often. Or you could do sun gazing. Have you ever tried sun, sun gazing, gazing, staring at the sun? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's cool. You see, the problem 
what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people already heard this, that, you know, the fluoride causes calcification in the pineal. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of people don't realize that it's techniques being upgraded. Now they're using light to radiate the pineal gland and it's different light waves, you know, and, um, and a lot of people spend most of the time on their gadgets, phone, iPad, you know, um, computers, and what they don't realize in they're absorbing more artificial EMFs than they are natural sun, you know, and we start to lose balance and we lose our connection to the earth. And so it's a matter of getting outside, reconnecting to the earth, aligning ourselves with the pulse of the earth and absorbing more organic light than artificial light and this this can really help the pineal gland yeah and eating pineapples what was that pineapples mm -hmm. oh i didn't know that one like okay. oh yeah pineapples work great <laughs> okay i i don't know why but like well, you, i love pineapples but, but if you google it, it it's, it's it's a true thing wow well there you go i didn't know that and it's weird, like pineapple, pineal. Sounds a little similar. Coincidence? Wow. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I like it. Well, it's a good thing that I like pineapples then. I love them. I'm always drinking pineapple juice. I love pineapples. I like pineapple upside down cake. Yes, that is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, you're making me hungry. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? And speaking of being hungry, I think I might have to go do dinner so we might have to wrap yeah. this up absolutely well it was really lovely to talk to you gary you too but before we wrap it up yes where can my listeners find you and find your books okay so my oracle decks uh in most honestly they're in most new age spiritual type of stores you can find them on amazon most bookshops and um I think Barnes and Noble will even have it. Like most um, known bookstores will have the Oracle deck, so you can order it through them. Um, but yeah, probably just Amazon is the best place to find my work. Okay. Yeah. I can be found on um, social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. If anyone wants to reach out to me, say hello. You also have a pretty cool website, don't you? On oh, my website, I have to be honest, though, it needs work. <laughs> when it comes to technology, Gary, yes, that is a challenge for me that I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I would like another version of me that was really techie that could just go on there and fix this and update this. But, you know, I just want to go out there and play and have fun and be outside. I don't really like doing things like that so that's something i have to work on <laughs> but there, yes you can reach me on my site or mm -hmm. through social media great is there any way to get an autographed deck of cards um yes you just if you know if one was just to reach out to me and let me know that like the deck signed i could do that as well cool all right. Well, I'm going to post links to the website, and I will post links to your books on Amazon, and um, so my people, so all my listeners can uh, check out your work while they're listening to this episode. And thank, thank you, you very much for taking the time today to speak with me. 
Oh, it was it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here, Gary. And it was lovely to meet you. You too. Thank you for being on. And just hang on for one second while I play the outro. No worries. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. And it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.